long as I know when I go, I'm gone. So remember, keep the memory strong. As long as I know when I go, I'm gone. So remember, keep the memory strong. Another point made, point taken, way heavy on your soul, hope it ain't forsaken. Another point made, point taken, weighing heavy on your soul, hope it ain't forsaken. From the center point, taking point blank. When the credits roll, who you gonna thank? Think about your legacy, offspring, your offerings, reciprocate tears when they close in your coffin in. Maybe cremation needs lace. We are back for another edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com and MMAopinion.co.uk. Joining me as always, Mr. Ian Bain. Ian, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks for having me again, Jeremy. I'm really excited for this show. Yeah, this show should be awesome. Let's just get right into the guest, tell you guys who we have, and then we'll move forward and chat with you about what you had going on this past weekend. First up, we're going to chat with a man who I've wanted to talk to for the past little while. He fought a couple weeks back, had an impressive debut in the UFC against Jeremy Larson. I'm talking the man with the best nickname, Andre Touchy Feely. Yeah, what a guest and, and what a de- debut performance from him. And, you know, Team Alpha Mill taking over that UFC probably in 2014. That they are. Uh, we're trying to line up another big guest who is, is fighting at UFC 167. Just trying to get him on the line to sort of line things up. He was confirmed. We had to change the time, so we're not sure with time constraints and training and whatnot whether we'll actually be able to get him on this show. If he's not on this show, we'll hope to have him for the next show. But I'm talking Tim Elliott. Yeah, one of the most underrated 125-pounders out there. He's really made an impression in that UFC 164 fight with Luis Gaudino, and he's got a big, big opportunity to, to put another stamp in towards that title fight at UFC 167. For sure. And rounding out the show, we'll be joined by the outspoken, as always, King Mo Lawal, who will be taking on Emmanuel Newton in a much-anticipated rematch at what was the Bellator pay-per-view, which is now live on Spike TV this weekend. Yeah, King Mo, as we saw, as Jeremy said there, one of the most outspoken people in MMA. And I'm really excited for this rematch this weekend. And King Mo, what can you say? He's one of the, the nicest guys, but he can also be one of the nastiest guys with that tongue of his. <laughs> well, before we get into our guest, let's chat a little bit of news. Let's chat a little bit about what's been going on since we've had a hiatus for the past week we didn't do a show last week you were fairly busy um we had big news last week obviously with the fact that the bellator pay-per-view was not going down um tito ortiz was injured sounds like he's going to be out for about six weeks or so and then he'll uh get back to the gym so they've moved the card to spike tv and rampage is completely off it this morning um i'm sure you did as well but we received an email from the folks at bellator saying that rampage will be headlining Bellator 108 against who? The former UFC fighter Joey Beltran. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my my way of reading that email. Joey Beltran. You know, I was I, I was actually saying if Joey Beltran fought like he did pre-cutting to 205 when he was a brawler, I probably would be excited for this fight. But now he just pins people up against the cage and tries to shoot for a takedown and I, I just think this fight's either going to be a really beautiful knockout for Rampage or it's going to be a sloppy decision win for Rampage and 
I hate this, but they're putting it sounds it seems like they're putting all their eggs into Rampage's basket because I was chatting with a buddy of mine earlier today and he he text messaged me saying, "What are they doing? Why is Rampage headlining this bout when Alexander Slomenko, who is a title holder, is defending his title on the same card but is not the headlining fight?" Yeah, it's well, it's crazy, but you know they were going to do that on the pay-per-view as well. They had Two title fights, you know, and Michael, uh, well, even three, they include the, the King Mo, Emmanuel Newton, and uh, Ingram title fight, and they were still going to go with Rampage Tito over that. So it's just all about that name value of Quinton, it seems, uh, for Bellator at the moment. For sure. Well, let's move away from Bellator. Let's talk about your weekend this past weekend and the reason why we didn't have a show last week. You were in Manchester for UFC. Um, fight night, Machida versus Munoz. Um, that was, to me, the big news of the weekend. Machida dropping down to 185 and scoring an absolutely amazing head kick knockout. Yeah, it's it's great to have him down at 185. He looked really good. Uh, looks like he should have been at 185 all along because even standing next to Munoz, he looked tiny compared to him. So it's hard to fathom that that guy used to be the light heavyweight champion. Um I was sitting in the arena and, and that kick, you, you could hear the impact. It was it was a beautiful head kick. And, you know, 185 outside of Weidman Silva, there isn't many guys that I'm really excited to watch. I'm now excited to see Leonardo Machida, hopefully, hopefully against Reed or Belfort at some point if they can put that together. Is that where you put him then in the division? Is Is around third or fourth? You know, it's tough. I, I forgot to put in my rankings this weekend because I was so busy, so I didn't get a chance to, to put my UFC ranking vote in. I know Lyoto Machida entered in at number five, I believe. I think, you know, it, it all depends on where you, you ranked Mark Munoz before that. Did you have him at five? Did you have him at eight? Did you have him at ten, as some other people did? I would have probably slipped Lyoto Machida in at around seven, still behind guys like Michael Bisping and and a few other guys like that. Not purely, you know, I think Lyoto Machida would beat those, but, you know, it's hard to rank someone so highly after one fight. Any other fights on that UFC fight night card that tickled your fancy while you were there? Yeah, I was really impressed with uh, Norman Park against John Tuck. That was an an interesting fight. Um, But, you know, my favorite fight of the night was actually down on the prelims, and that was Jimmy Hedders versus Robert Whiteford. I was really impressed by... Uh, both of them really for a guy who only just took the fight on short notice Robert Whitefad looked really good Jimmy Hattis probably the most laid back fighter in the UFC just so cool about everything and he put on another submission performance then hopefully hopefully didn't pick up an injury because that's what's been holding him back in my opinion for sure now let's move away from that a little bit Um, earlier this week we got news Dominic Cruz is back um Many people thought that Dominic Cruz should possibly, yes, he's the title holder, he's been out two years. Is putting him up against Henan Burrell right away a bad idea? It's a bad idea for Dominic Cruz, but it's the right idea for the UFC because, you know, Henan Burrell has kind of been held back from being pushed, in my opinion, as a star because he's only been able to hold on to that interim belt. Um, a win over Dominic Cruz for Henan Burrell would be huge. It would, you know, cement his place as the number one bantamweight, which, you know, in my opinion, he is the number one bantamweight. He, he's been more of the recent contenders than Dominic Cruz has because he's been out injured. So 
Um, it's interesting, you know, will he suffer from ring rust after being out for two years? Or will Dominic Cruz come in and, you know, put on a stellar performance and beat Hannon Brown? Really excited for that one. Uh, excited for the card overall. I mean, we, we got the announcement as well on the same day that Jose Aldo will be taking on Ricardo Lamas. Uh, Lamas has been waiting around in the wings, it seems like, for the past couple years now to get this title shot. Um, he finally gets it, and it's at UFC 169. Uh, two title fights. Can't be... Uh, I mean, I'm super excited. I can't even get my words out here. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the the problem with that fight, again, as we're talking with Cruz being out for probably over two years since he fought, went by the time they fight, more than that, it's going to be around over a year since Lamas beat Eric Koch. And taking a year out and then fighting somebody like Jose Aldo is a tough task, never mind doing it on three months' notice. So it's an interesting card. Plus, you know, Frank Mia versus Alistair Overeem's on there. Those are the three fights that are officially confirmed so far. I'm hearing rumblings that Gilbert Melendez might be trying to get on that card, possibly against Habib Nurmagomedov. So I'm really excited to see the full extent of that card. But just on those three announced fights alone... It's building up to be an interesting Super Bowl weekend. That it is. Uh, just one more thing before we get into our guests here. I was The fight that I was most excited for this month, well, next month in November, was Robert Drysdale finally making his UFC debut. And unfortunately, he's not due to elevated testosterone levels. Um, do you think this guy, I mean, he he had staph infection the first time, so he didn't get to fight that first debut fight. And then with this What's going on with Robert Drysdale? I'm not entirely sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC just wiped their hands with him. You know, it's it's tough because the, there was a rumor that he he had a problem with testosterone, I think, for one of his legacy fights. Um, I don't know if he tested. It's a bit sketchy because I, I remember someone saying he either tested for it or he was... Um, not given a fight license when Legacy tried to put him on a card because of it, and then the UFC signed him. So he's obviously doing some of that uh, TRT behind the scenes, and I think he's being caught out. Maybe he's in training camp. Yeah, it's too bad because he was definitely a promising talent. I got to see him live in person up here at uh, Armageddon Fighting Championships where he, he put on a show. The guy has probably one of the best submission games in mixed martial arts. So it, it's... Tough not to see the guy be able to showcase his skills inside the octagon, but at the same time, do they want to have this constant headache on their hands? Yeah, yeah, that's that is the problem, you know. Especially when they've got so many fighters on their roster, they're complaining that too many fighters, you know, for them to be able to put free fights out. Yeah, you give them any reason to get rid of you, the UFC are going to try and take that. That they are. Um, I guess we'll try and get rid of uh, ourselves talking here. Uh, to each other and get right into our first guest. Beware the wings, fan of the vultures, trying to sink talons in the balance of the culture, flying in circles round the carcass. Joining us on the line right now is a Team Alpha Male product and UFC welter, or, uh, featherweight. Please welcome to the show the man with the best nickname in the sport of MMA, Andre Touchy Feely. Andre, thanks for joining us today, man. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. For sure. Now, before we get started on your mixed martial arts career, I've read your big 
in the music scene and a part of Boss Biz. Uh, reading on Wikipedia, you've had success in both punk and hip-hop. Uh, any chance of, uh, of uh, getting a freestyle out of you about your UFC debut? Uh, no, definitely not. I can't do that for you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not that talented, man. I'm not a, I'm not a real freestyle guy. Like, I, I love to sit and write hip-hop. Um, but I like to sit with the beat and, and like really put a lot of thought into my verse. If I freestyle for you right now, it'd probably sound pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a little brother. I have a little brother who uh, is, um, his name's Wiley, actually. Everybody's going to look him up. His name's Wiley. Uh, he, he can freestyle. He's, a, he's like a really, really great hip-hop artist. I'm not really that good. I just kind of follow his lead. Um, so, yeah, if I freestyle right now, I'd probably embarrass myself. <laughs> now, you first began fighting professionally in 2009. For those that don't know your background, how'd you get into the sport of MMA? Um, you know, I, I wrestled and did jiu-jitsu in, uh, in high school, and I had seen, I, I had seen MMA um, by a pretty early age. So, you know, by like, you know, 14 or 15 years old, I was already training um, when I was doing wrestling for my high school and uh, jiu-jitsu uh, outside of wrestling, I was doing it you know, with the intention of fighting. I knew I wanted to fight for a really long time, you know, since probably you know, 14 years old. You built up a pretty good uh, winning streak there. Um, you made your UFC debut earlier this month at UFC 166 against Jeremy Larson. However, it wasn't really supposed to happen that way. You came in on short notice. Are you at all surprised that it took the organization this long to find you? Um, you know, I, I'm not really surprised because they, they found me. I, I would say they found me, uh, quite a while ago. You know, I think I was on their radar for quite some time, but, um, there's a lot of talent at 145 and, uh, I think it was just a matter of timing, you know, um, I, I think that, um, that, you know, there's so many good guys at 145 to make room, you know, they, they probably have more 45ers than they even need right now, so, you know, getting into the UFC is, is uh, a pretty challenging thing at, at this weight class, um, you know, I'm just thankful to be there, I don't really care if it was on two weeks notice or, or two months notice and I got a full fight camp, you know, obviously, that'd be preferable, but, you know, I'm just stoked to be there. You cut down quite a bit of weight, uh, how is that on your body? was fucking terrible, man. My cutting weight's the worst thing ever. I fucking hate cutting weight, man. It's the, it's the worst thing on earth. I would rather do almost anything than cut weight. Yeah, I noticed some pictures following the fight on your Twitter and stuff. Um, pizza places, you, you obviously have a pretty good appetite. Yeah, I, I like to eat. I'm not going to lie. I, I fucking like to eat, man. I'm, uh, I, I, I love pizza. I love burritos. Um, I love all the food that's really bad for you, you know, pretty, like everybody else. But um, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting better at uh, at having some self control, though. Um, I eat healthier, and and um, you know, I'm back in the gym. It's only been a week. I'm already back in the gym training and getting runs in, and and I'm I've kept my weight down. I feel great. So now you looked excellent in your debut. Um, however, you said you weren't that happy per- with your performance. Why was this? Um, I, I could have been cleaner and crisper uh, with my in my striking exchanges. Um, he, you know, I felt Jeremy Larson's power, and uh, he hit me, and I 
have a uh, you know I have a good chin. Um, so I knew that after he hit me, I knew that he uh, you know he wasn't gonna put me down or, or really hurt me. You know, um, so I, I was more willing to get in some you know kind of reckless exchanges, and and I like to fight um, like that. I, I don't mind fighting and getting in exchanges and getting hit a little bit, but um, in my next UFC outing, I would like to showcase um, some you know crisper, cleaner. Um, tighter stand-up and, and defense. Um, you looked extremely excited following the fight. Uh, I don't know whether it was because of your victory, um, the way you finished the fight. It almost seemed like you were you were overly excited just to speak with Joe Rogan. Um, was, was that a dream come true for you? Yeah, definitely, man. The excitement was kind of all those things put together. Um, you know, really just being there. You know, the fight a fight is a fight no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's in front of an arena full of people or, or in front of no one, you know, a, a fight, a fight feels like a fight. When, when you're fighting someone else, uh, I fought, you know, for a couple hundred people and then I fought for a couple thousand people. And when you're inside a cage fighting someone, it's, you know, it feels the same. It's just, uh, what I was really excited about was after the fight was over that, you know, kind of hit me like, holy shit, you know, this is in the UFC. Like this, this counts for so much more now, you know, um, I fought guys, you know, I fought tough guys outside of the UFC before and, and had wars and, you know, maybe only a couple people saw it, you know, it didn't really count for much. But this time I had a good fight, you know, and Jeremy Larson was super tough and we put on a good show and a lot of people noticed it and that was just such a cool feeling. And, you know, of course, getting interviewed by Joe Rogan, just to like get an interview by Joe Rogan and, and hear Bruce Buffer say your name, like that's such a huge thing. Um, it's a dream come true, you know. It's like that. This is what I've wanted to do since I was a kid. So going into the bout, then were were there no jitters? Because we do hear about octagon jitters quite a bit, and it didn't look like that um, from your performance. You know, I was I was I was really I had a lot of um, I had a lot of nerves um, before the fight. You know, I, I definitely you know, I had a healthy amount of uh, of jitters before before the fight, but that's that's pretty regular with every fight, you know, before. Before it's time to fight, you know, I think everybody gets, I mean, even if they said they don't, I think everybody gets some kind of, some nerves, you know, um, the butterflies in your stomach and, and, and you're, you kind of start to question, like, well, why the hell am I doing this, you know? Um, but, you know, that's, that was all um, while I was warming up in the back, getting my hands wrapped, getting ready. Um, and then once they brought me out uh, to the curtain and I, I made my walk out, it was all gone, you know, felt just like every other fight. Uh, you know, obviously on a bigger scale, but yeah, the nerves are gone. You know, the, uh, by the time I get in the octagon, I'm just ready to fight. Um, all the nerves are gone. And, and I re- you know, and it's cool because you kind of turn around before you get in the octagon and you hug your team and you realize, and like for me, you know, I, I have, I trust my team uh, wholeheartedly. You know, I had Chad Mendez, Fabio Prado, and Dwayne Ludwig in my corner, and um, you couldn't ask for a better corner, you know. Dwayne Ludwig, obviously, like, you know, the best striking coach in the world. Um, Fabio Prado is one of the best jiu-jitsu coaches in the world. He's your favorite jiu-jitsu coach, you know, like he, he, he's the man, Fabio Prado. And he supported me for so long. Uh, he's, he's been in my corner for local fights as well. They didn't, they didn't mean anything. And he was still there and had my back. So Fabio is like a lifelong friend and jiu-jitsu coach for me now. Um, and then also Chad Mendez, you know, who, who has fought, you know, he's fought some of the best in the world. In my opinion, he's the best 45er in the world. Like, you know, that, like, 
what more could you ask for? You know, you have a, a world-class striking coach, a world-class jiu-jitsu coach, and then a world-class fighter who's been exactly where you are. You know, with with that team behind me, uh, I, you know, I have you know my confidence is through the roof. I'm just ready to fight. You know, sounds that way. And and speaking of ready to fight, you didn't take much damage in that fight at all. Um, who would you like to fight next? And and I know the the obvious answer is whoever the UFC puts in front of me. But don't give me that. Um, you got to have some names on the radar. Um, you know, I, I obviously he said that the obvious answer is is whoever UFC gives me because I'm I'm gonna fight whoever they come to fight. But um, you know, I'm not really in the business of calling people out. I think there's a lot of guys that would make an exciting fight stylistically. Um. I I don't want to just fight um, a nobody though. I mean, obviously, if you're in the UFC, you're not a nobody. I'm not saying I'm ready for a title fight, but I want to fight it. I'd like to fight a, a good name, you know. Um, if not this fight, then the next fight. I'd like to to get myself up in the top fifteen, top ten rankings. Like I want to fight someone that's well known. Um, I, I want to really show that I'm here to do some big things. So, yeah, you know, I'm not saying I'm ready for a title shot or anything crazy. I'm not saying I'm uh, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm not. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not saying anything crazy, but I would definitely like to fight someone who's got a, a good name. And how soon would you like to get back in there? Uh, as soon as possible. You know, it'd be nice to have a, a a real fight camp this this time around. You know, it'd be nice to not have a short notice fight. It would be nice to have you know a, a full fight camp to get you know prepared. But um, like I said, I'm back in the gym training now, so you know, I'll fight as soon as possible. You you spoke about your corner and you spoke about Chad Mendez. He is a 45er. We hear guys say, you know, I'm not going to fight teammates. They're like family, they're friends, whatnot. Do you have that mentality as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight Chad. Yeah, I just wouldn't. Like, I mean, I know that's what we look down upon, and and people say that it's an individual sport, and that if you want to be the best, you got to fight. Blah 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 blah. But I wouldn't fight my teammates, um, especially Chad. He's I really look up to him. You know, he's kind of like an older brother to me. I I really um, I got a lot of love for Chad. I wouldn't want to fight him. Like there just isn't. I don't know if there's enough money for you. know, there's not. I don't know if there's enough money to give me to fight him. I just like he's he's my boy. You know, it's like yeah, like you say he's like family. You know, I just I, I don't I don't want to fight him. There's plenty of forty fivers for me to fight. Um, I don't see that being a situation. That'll come up, you know. I don't. I'm not gonna fight Chad or any of my teammates for that matter. For sure. Now, two more questions before we let you go here, Andre. Um, I heard you speak about it with Joe Rogan. Um, I tried to watch the uh, Ariel Helwani post-fight interview with you, but it didn't seem to work on my computer. I looked on Google, looked on YouTube, haven't been able to see any other post-fight interviews with you after this bout. Tell us about the piano key belt. Okay, yeah, the piano key belt, um, it's the equivalent of a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, and jiu-jitsu is a, a style um, of fighting that Joseph Benavidez, who's another guy I really got a lot of love for. Uh, it's my boy, Joseph. Um, also the best flyweight in the world, so that's pretty rad. Um, Joseph Benavidez uh, came up with his own style called jiu-jitsu, and... The piano key belt is an equivalent of a brown belt. Uh, really, it's just a big run-in joke between me and Joe. Um, well, between a lot of people. So it's just a big kind of running joke. Um, and, and it's been going on so long that I said, fuck it, I, I'd like to keep, I want to keep it going, you know. So um, I, I brought it into the octagon with me. I, I've had this little white belt that I drew the piano keys on myself. I've had it for um, 
a long time, and I wore up to like my local fights. It's just kind of like a joke between me and my team. And uh, I wanted to keep the tradition going uh, for my octagon debut. <laughs> so it's the equivalent of a brown belt. What would the purple and blue belts be? Um, okay, so in order from white to black, uh, it would go uh, a rubber ducky belt, and then a plaid belt, and then a snakeskin belt, and then a piano belt. And then a tie-dye belt. Tie-dye is like your black belt. Wow. And uh, I'm, gun- I'm, gunning- I'm gunning for the tie-dye belt here pretty soon. <laughs> Can't wait to see that one in the octagon. Finally, before we let you go here, I spoke about it in the first question uh, about your music. Um, I want to I hear about your music. I want to hear about this Boss Biz stuff. Just give us the lowdown on, on what you're doing in the music scene. Well, yeah, Boss Biz is like a crew of friends, like, um, me and all my boys like kind of started it when we were young. We were like 12 to 13, you know, and it just sort of stuck with us. And um, when we were running around getting in trouble in, in uh, the small town we all lived in, it kind of stuck with us. And um, you know, we made hip hop for a long time when we were kids. My, all my friends still make hip hop, um, which you can check out the links if you look at uh, if you go to Twitter at the Boss Biz. Um, you know, we have a bunch of links to our music and stuff, so definitely check that out. Um, all my friends make hip-hop, it's really good, and, and they're really talented artists. Um, and I used to make hip-hop as well. Um, I still do a little bit, but I've kind of focused on doing vocals um, for for punk bands. Um, I was in a band called It's Godzilla, which is like a kind of like a punk uh, math rock band. Um, and I, I, I actually stopped making music with them, um, and now I'm, uh, me and a friend are, are in, the, in the middle of starting another band, um, which is kind of like a side project we're working on, uh, but it should be a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I love making hip hop and I love hip hop. I grew up on hip hop and um, I'll always love it, but, uh, I've kind of transitioned into doing vocals more for, um, like hardcore and punk bands. And I just love to be around music. I go to a lot of local music shows and, um, you know, support local music, and and it's just, uh, you know, it's my other passion besides fighting. You know, it's not something that I take obviously as serious as fighting, but it's just something that's, um, you know, cool to be a part of. For sure. He is Andre Feely. He defeated Jeremy Larson at UFC 166. Andre, thanks for taking the time out to do this today, man, and uh, just let people know where they can get a hold of you on the social media universe and any sponsors that you'd like to give shout-outs to. Yeah, well, first I want to thank uh, my sponsors, Torque, MMA Draft, um, MMA Inc. My, it's my management. Uh, I got a lot of love for those dudes. Um, you know, anybody who supports me, um, Lucky's Barbershop, Fulton PLA, Skateboarding, um, Gold Country Bill Bonds. There's so many people who supported me. I can't thank, uh, thank you guys enough. And if you want to get a hold of me, man, I'm just an everyday average dude. Hit me up. Let's talk. Let's bullshit about stuff. Uh, I'm a nerd. I like comic books and sci-fi shit, so hit me up um, if you want to nerd out uh, on Twitter. It's just at Touchy Feely. So, T-O-U-C-H-Y-F-I-L-I. Perfect, Andre. Thanks a lot, man, and hopefully the next time we see you in the octagon, we'll see you with that tie-dyed belt. Yes, sir. I hope so. Thank you, man. As said during that interview, this guy has to have the best nickname in mixed martial arts I've heard that from a a number of guys not just myself not just you Ian but Andre Touchy Feely how can you go wrong with a nickname like that
Yeah, you know, it, it's one of the better ones out there. And it could be the best, but I've always had a soft spot for Uncle Creepy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, one, that one, yeah, hits a nerve, I guess. Uh, um, this guy, he, he had big things in his debut with the UFC against uh, Jeremy Larson. I mean, he cut down from 170-some-odd pounds to 148. He didn't make weight, but getting down that low in that amount of time is is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and, you know, he looked impressive, so it's going to be really interesting to see him with a full training camp behind him, being able to make the weight, not probably cutting such a massive amount of weight in that short period. So he's definitely going to be a bright prospect and another team alpha male guy, which I think... You know, that, that gym has pretty much everything to offer in terms of uh, fighters going forward over the next year. That's the only problem, though. They have so many guys that are talented, but a lot of them are in the same weight class. And, and these guys have said they're not going to fight each other. They're like family, they're friends, they're brothers and, and whatnot. So it makes things tough. I mean, he said Chad Mendes is in his weight class. There's absolutely no way that these two will fight. And with Jose Aldo potentially moving up to lightweight... Um, there's there's an opportunity that those two may have to face each other at some point in time. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things about those Team Alpha male guys we're talking about there is that although they are all in the same weight class, or you know the same proximity, they are all interchangeable during weight classes. So we've we've seen Chad Mendes say he could probably make one thirty five. Fairback can bounce between one thirty five and one forty five. Um, Joseph Benavidez, one thirty-five, one twenty-five, and obviously this guy is willing to take fights up at one seventy. So, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think there the might be a little bit of management going on in terms of who fights in what division going forward. But the future is bright. You know, Faber is, you know, mid thirties. You know, nearing probably the end of his career. He's still a top top fighter, no doubt. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with these new young alpha male guys coming through, like Feely and like uh, you know the, the others that have come through before that. So it's definitely one of the gyms to watch out for, and, and Dwayne Bang Ludwig's putting together a hell of a team there. That he is, and the coolest thing is Joseph Benavidez's jiu-jitsu belts that he's been handing out. We saw the piano key belt around Feely's neck after his victory. He says that the black belt for jiu-jitsu is a tie-dye belt so it'll be interesting when we get to see one of those (laughs) yeah that that piano belt gave me belt envy i would love to have one of those so that's that's interesting and you know joseph benavidez one of the most underrated characters actually in mma is a very funny guy yeah uh, who can't complain about his uh joby awards Yeah, I'm looking forward to him doing another batch of them soon. Yeah, definitely. What I am looking forward to, though, is our next guest. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get a hold of Tim Elliott, so we will be joined right after this by King Mo Lawal. Money in the perfect position Swole the bankroll and your pockets don't listen Money, money, make the world go round Open doors or the curtains come down Money, money in the perfect position Swole the bankroll and your pockets don't listen He is set to take on Emmanuel Newton at the first ever Bellator pay-per-view in a much-anticipated rematch. Please welcome back to the show a veteran of Sucker Radio, King Mo. Mo, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me, man. Now, 
we've had you on the show quite a few times now, all the way back to like when you first started with Strike Force. Um, I got a question for you here, though. You haven't you fought in Sengoku and, and you did fantastic there. Um, do you ever get the itch to go back and fight in Japan? Uh, no, I, I miss Japan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would mind fighting Japan again. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if, if you know if it happens. For sure. Now we've seen you twice since your last fight with Newton, both of which were impressive performances. Um, what did you learn from that loss? Nothing really. You know, nothing. No. Um, <laughs> no, nothing really. Honestly, you know, I just I knew what my mistake was. People were trying to make some like, oh, it was Mo Fox's hands down. Well, if you go back and look at the footage, um, I was loading up too much. You know, so I, I and I knew I didn't know not to load up, but honestly, nothing. You know, I, I was out striking him. You know, I had to control him. If you watch the fight, he was all jittery and turned his head and stuff like that. You know, but he got lucky. That's all. I, you know, I'm nothing big. For sure. Now, this this will be the first time in your career that you've had a rematch with an opponent. Um, what's it like fighting a guy that's knocked you out before? Is there more pressure on you now? Obviously, you said it was a lucky punch, but do you feel pressure that uh, you, you have to win this rematch? Pressure for what? Just pressure on yourself. <laughs> I mean, people... No, 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 to me, a fight to fight. You know, I'm, you know a rematch. So be rematch, whatever it is, it don't matter. There's really no pressure on me whatsoever. I, every every fight, I put pressure on myself. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not. It's not a big deal. So there's no every t- fight is pressure. Yeah, of course. There's no change change up of uh, of strategy at all. Then correct? No, no. There's definitely been trash talk between both of you guys. You you're not liking what he's saying, um, and it it definitely seems like you have a hate on for Emmanuel Newton. Well, yeah, it's, it's fake. You know, it comes out to it because, you know, he was out there saying, I'll be all cocky and this and that. Well, I never was. never said nothing bad about him. I gave him process, you know, for the lucky victory after you won. Nothing that. But then he went on, on, a, on a tear talking about this and that thing. That I would get knocked out by Jacob No and this and that. I never said, I don't think about me. I mean, to me, it's a cornball. You know, he, like, first of all, have you talked to him? Have you done an interview with him? No, I haven't. Have you ever done an interview with him? Have you talked to him? In the past, yes. He's lame. What's, the, what's that interview? You know what I'm saying? He's boring. You ain't getting nothing out of him. He's lame. He's boring. He's just corny. So what, that's what I need to say about it. Cause like, what, what am I going to bash him for before a fight? And Tony McKee was training him. I like Antonio. So I didn't say anything about him. Now, after the fight, he went, he went out and started saying something about me. I would never do that. Well, I just know I've trained him a few times. But I, I, don't go, I don't go out my way to bash nobody, period. No. If you talk about me, I'll talk about you. <laughs> and one comment that that got a lot of people upset was was the metalheads thing, and 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 the, you're, you've definitely obviously not um, gained a lot of heavy metal fans after those comments. Do you have a hate on for heavy metal music, or was that just a push against Emmanuel Newton? Okay, first of all, I don't know many black people that listen to heavy metal music. I can't name a heavy metal band or or group or artist. You know what I'm saying? So I don't. To me, if they want to get mad, fuck them. They can be mad. I don't. I don't give a damn. You know what are they gonna do? Mosh pit on me? You know I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Even, I, I just. I just talk about it because that's what you listen to. Other than that, if they want to get mad because that's like the male news saying, "Oh, hip hop fans, my ass," and then everybody that listens to rap get mad. That's to me. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard for a person to get mad because I made fun of the music they listen to. 
That's stupid, man. Corny as hell. <laughs> I, I, I can't agree with you more there. Um, the spinning back fist clipped you last time. Um, you're saying it was lucky. It, it, it did hit. It was unorthodox as ever. I mean, like, he missed a kick and he ended up throwing the spinning back fist. Do you no, see- no, 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 he, he, no, he didn't miss a kick. What happened? I was throwing punches and he turned his back and just threw it. And he was moving away. He didn't throw a kick. And two, you know, you know so here's how you know it's like, name me a time you ever see someone go, 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 go for a knockout and then all of a sudden go for submission after the knockout. <laughs> you can't. You never really. see it. Yeah. No, no, because the person, if you knock somebody, like, like when Chuck Liddell knocks people out, Chuck Liddell's like, hey, uh, he celebrates until the person goes down. He ain't saying, oh, my God, let me go for a head and arm choke or guillotine or, or, or a Kimura. No, he, so he throws his arms up. He goes, watch. So wait, when I knock my out, I might just stand there and then walk away. I'm going to go for no leg ball, or a knee ball, or no ankle lock, or a kill stretch. It's over. So you know it's over. Is that what you plan on doing? The knockout and walking away? Yeah, to me, it's not maybe beating. I beat him. Then I'm not gonna tell him. I'm not worried about the dude. I'm just gonna beat him and then move on to the next. That's the question. Then this fight is for the interim title. Does the interim belt mean anything to you, or would you have to beat the current champ to make it all relevant? Uh, you know, anything with a belt is well, it means something. But I just want to beat Newton in the in things, and, and then I'll be straight. For That's sure. all I'm concerned about beat Newton in things. And is, uh, the main event of this pay-per-view is uh, Tito versus Rampage. Many people are, are compl- not complaining, but saying that this fight isn't relevant at all because these guys are both past the prime of their careers. Does a fight with either of these guys, because they are the same weight class as you, interest you at all? Yeah, but here's the thing. We listen to people that say that they're dumb because they're, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have bought in pay-per-views where the, the fighters and the, and the headline are not relevant, or they're not, it's not for a title. You know what I'm saying? So who cares? Just, if, it's a, if you like fights, just watch the fight. You know what I'm saying? Do you hear people complaining about bar fight? Oh, man. Man, I'm mad I watched that bar fight because, you know, uh, you know, that guy had a beer belly, the other guy was smoking, was a smoker. You know, so if you like fights, then you want to pay to watch fights, then pay to watch them. Just shut up. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People make a big deal about nothing. What are your thoughts on that fight? Who do you, who, who do you take in it? Huh? In the Rampage Tito fight, what are your thoughts on that boat? You could now. Oh no, I, I'm saying, what are your thoughts on the Tito Rampage boat? Who do you got in it? Well, I got the fans because I think someone's getting knocked out. Yeah. I think I think I think Rampage. Yeah, I think Rampage will knock him out, or Tito will grind him and maybe go submit him. Tito was crafty, man. People seem to forget that Tito beat Ron Bader. Ron Bader's a little pushover. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they can they can try to discredit the Tito all they want, but you know, you can't. Um, he's, still, he's still a tough guy. Yeah, I got a question about this the the, the movement forward from this pay per view. Uh, it seems like Bellator has sure stacked the cards with the pay per view, and a lot of their fight cards leading up to the pay per view aren't as big because all of their stars are on the pay per view card. Um, what sort of time frame do you expect yourself getting back into the cage? after the pay-per-view because i mean we could see a long layoff with a lot of these guys from the pay-per-views and then the fight cards after that aren't as aren't as good either because all the the stars were on the pay-per-view uh, i don't know because really it's like there's people stars matter but good fight a good fight's a good fight you know what i'm saying a good fight is a good fight there's a you know, that's all people didn't know a good fight's a good fight you can, you can watch good fights anywhere legacy had good fights 
Invicta had good fights. You see good fights in UFC. You see good fights in UFC. You see good fights in Bellator. You know what I'm saying? What's about? Granted, they might not be big names, but a good fight's a good fight. For sure. Now, finally, obviously, before we let you go, um, you've been preparing for this matchup for the past few months. When will we see King Mo back in the TNA cage or TNA ring? Man, I gotta go back to pro wrestling school after this. I don't know, man. That stuff is hard, man. <laughs> um, I thought I had to hang up it, do matches, it felt good. Then I went back, did a longer matches, and I was like, not as good. I thought I'd be. Granted, I was ahead of the curve, but I want to be a point where I can go out there and do a 15, work for 15, 20 minutes without, you know, no hiccups. You've been enjoying it, though? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. It's hard as hell, though. It's hard. It's <laughs> <Then> easy. <laughs> That's cool. Now, he is King Mo. He's taking on Emmanuel Newton at the Bellator pay-per-view. Uh, Mo, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe and any sponsors you'd like to give shout-outs to. I'll give a shout-out to Linus Egg Whites, Nutrition Zone, C- um, CS Sports Gear, um, a shout-out to Escobar Training Ground out here in uh, South Lake Tahoe, Shout out to MMA Elite, my, my clothing sponsor. Shout out to Mike Kogan. Shout out to my people at Bellator, um, Mayweather Bicy Gym, Nathan Vasquez, Jeff Mayweather, um, Strength Brands, and uh, everybody out there doing something positive. Shout out to y'all too. Thanks a lot, Mo, and good luck against uh, Emmanuel Newton. Can't wait to see it. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one, buddy. You too. King Mo Lawal. We all, <laughs> we've heard it in every single one of his interviews. He has a hate on for Emmanuel Newton. He can't, can't really stand the guy. I think it has to do with the fact that he says Emmanuel Newton's talking so much, but really, Mo likes to talk himself. Yeah, definitely. I think Mo is one of, the, he is a very good trash talk at a buffet. He's one of the better ones out there, but I think what, I think it's angering more the most is the fact that Emmanuel Newton has kind of made his name in MMA now on the back of beating King Mo, and that's something he's going to try and want to take back this weekend. And and how do you see that fight going down? We'll we'll go over the entire card, which was supposed to be the pay per view. Obviously, that's that was the big news of the week. Uh, it's moved to Spike TV. We'll go over the card, but let's just chat about that fight right now, as we have it at play. Uh, King Mo, Emmanuel Newton. I don't see this fight going the way it did the last time. I think Mo should be able to handle Newton in any facet of the game in this fight. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, King Mo use a little bit more of his wrestling in this fight. I don't think he's going to be, you know, going all guns blazing out on the feet. You know, it was more recklessness that got him caught in the last fight. You know, a lot of me had been made about him training in boxing with, I think he was, you know, down there with Floyd Mayweather Sr., I think, doing some boxing work. And I think he kind of thought, oh, my hands must be amazing now. But, you know, you can go to the best boxing gym in the world. They don't throw spinning back fists there. So it's going to be interesting. I do I do kind of agree with you. I think this fight's going to look completely different. And King Mo probably will be fighting for that light heavyweight title as soon as possible. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Because this is for the interim light heavyweight title. They said yeah. um, Vague could fight. They, they asked him to fight against Rampage. Um that's a little wishy-washy, don't you think? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's hard to try and second-guess Bellator's motives behind everything. I think they thought Newton and Moe was the big fight at light heavyweight that they could make at this moment. Ultimately, I do think the, uh, the UFC, the, that Bellator are going to link and try and put King Moe and Rampage together, ideally for the light heavyweight title at some point. 
um, if you fulfil that down the line. But you know, as we said this week, that that pay per view falling apart. Bellator have they put all their eggs in one basket because they tried to stack this card out. You know, if a Michael Chandler or Eddie Alvarez get really badly injured or Pat Curran does, it doesn't leave many big options for them to put on big cards in the, the early part of 2014. That's true. Uh, but the fact that this is no longer a pay-per-view and they've gotten rid of the Rampage versus Tito bout, do you not feel like that sort of, I, I don't I don't want to say a blessing in disguise for Bellator, but it, it sort of is because now... You know, they had a black cloud over their heads um, with the fact that those two old-timers were headlining the pay-per-view. Now they have the co-main, the, the, what was supposed to be the co-main event of the pay-per-view, Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez in the rematch, which should have been the main event. Yeah, and it, it is nice to see that it finally, you know, that fight's going to be getting the attention, but there's still going to be a black cloud over the fact that this fight is only the main event because their fight between Ortiz and Rampage has fell apart. And with only a week for them to really push this fight out, you know, because it's going down this weekend, it's it's not been ideal. And, you know, I think the fight has a lot to live up to because that first fight was so great that I'm kind of, I'm a bit wishy-washy on how this fight's actually going to go. The main event, eh? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Michael Chandler. I think he is easily, easily a top five lightweight in the world. And if he was in the UFC, he would probably be showing that. But I think the way he's been blasting through opponents, I think he's probably going to do that to Chandler. And it's not going to be the, the fight that they're expecting after the first fight, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I heard I heard Chandler actually speak to Ariel Helwani on, on the MMA Hour on Monday. And... He just seems so calm. It, it, it sounds like it doesn't matter who he's fighting, where he's fighting, when he's fighting. All these guys are just another opponent to him. And I can't see Eddie Alvarez standing up with him this time. I think Eddie Alvarez would be crazy to try and go toe-to-toe with Michael Chandler because of what we've seen in Chandler's last few fights. Yeah, his power is, is ridiculous. It's It's been really nice to watch Michael Chandler. He's one of those... Um high-level prospects that have actually achieved what Bellator set out for him to achieve. It hasn't really worked out recently, I think, with what Bellator were planning with Bubba Jenkins and, and Sean Bunch, but Chandler's definitely went down the right route. And You know, that, that original Alvarez fight was really the making of him as a fighter. You know, since then, he's absolutely blown everyone away. I think, in an ideal world, sitting back as an impartial fight fan, Michael Chandler being in the UFC would have been the best move right now because if he beats Eddie Alvarez, where do they go from there? Yeah, completely agree. I think this kid has, you know, the sky's the limit for him at this point, except for, as you said, they don't have anyone for him to fight. It seems like since that Eddie Alvarez first fight, you know, most guys come in, they they either have punching power or they don't. And it seems like Michael Chandler's punching power just seems to get better and better with each fight. Yeah, and I think that's coming with his confidence in his stand-up. It's, you know, it's it's hard being a wrestler to, to get into that boxing mode when you're standing toe-to-toe with someone, but he's kind of took to it like a, a fish to water, and I've been really impressed by him, and so much so that, as I said, I, I'll have no qualms with anyone putting him straight in the top five at the moment, even though he probably doesn't have the resume that other guys are, are lightweight do. 
For sure. Well, I think, you know, we've, we've chat enough here. We said we were going to go over the card. Just give me your picks for Pat Kerr and Daniel Strauss and the Fightmaster finale with Riggs and Bronzelis. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be taking Pat Kerr, and I think he's another guy easily top five in his weight class. If he was in the UFC, a lot a lot more would be being made of him. Um, and it's, it is a shame that he's going to be, you know, more or less the co-main event, I'm guessing, to this. So... He, he should be, you know, on next week's card as the headliner, in my opinion. Pat Curran is a fantastic fighter. As for the fight master, that's anybody's guess. Which Joe Riggs turns up, you know, is it going to be the crazy Joe Riggs that we, we all remember that was half decent and picked up some good wins? Or is it going to be the one that, you know, loses to guys that he really should be beaten? I'm going to pick Riggs, but I'm not surprised if he loses that fight. Yeah, exactly. I... I... I think Riggs was set out right from the get-go to win the show. He was ranked as number one coming into it, and and he should have no trouble in this fight. But as you said, you never know. And I'm going to agree with you, Pat Curran will also win the featherweight title. So with that, I, I guess that's the end of the show. Ian, it's been great chatting with you about some MMA as well as interviewing these great guests. We'd like to thank the, the guests that we had on the show, obviously. Um, our musical guest for the last time of the month of October, as it's nearing the end, um, Edgar Penwork. You can check him out at audiomac.com slash artist slash edge. That's E-D-G-E. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook. Um, obviously, you can check out MMA Opinion on Twitter and Facebook. And you can listen to the show on Stitchers, iTunes, and both MMASucker.com and MMAopinion.co.uk. Thank you very much, Ian. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to next week now. Definitely, and uh, we'll see you next week. Hey, Justin, what's up? Not much, Jimmy. Hashtag chillin'. What's up with you? It's been busy working. Hashtag rise and grind. Hashtag is it Friday yet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, check it out. I brought you some cookies. Hashtag homemade, hashtag oatmeal raisin, hashtag show me the cookie. <laughs> Sweet. Hashtag don't mind if I don't. Pretty good. Hashtag getting my cookie on. Hashtag I'm the real cookie monster. Hashtag no, 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 no. Delicious, right? Yeah. Hashtag I did it all for the cookie. Hashtag Hashtag classic. By the way, did you catch last week's episode of Duck Dynasty? Hashtag quack quack. Nah, lately I've mostly been watching Netflix. Hashtag Orange is the New Black. Oh, nice. I've been watching a lot of Barney the Dinosaur. Hashtag Purple is the New Black. Hashtag I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. Hashtag I'm 38. Hashtag Dinosaurs. Hashtag How Do They Go Extinct? Hashtag Meteor. Hashtag Ice Age. Hashtag Speaking of Ice Age. I just watched Ice Age on demand the other day. Hashtag Funny. Hashtag Ray Romano. Hashtag Debra! Debra! Hey, by the way, Halloween's only like a month away. I know. I mean, do you know where you're going to be at? Hashtag life decisions. Hashtag sexy ghost. I think I'm going to go as a ninja turtle. Hashtag gotta be Raphael. Hashtag Leonardo sucks. Hashtag the turtle, not the Italian Renaissance painter. Hashtag Mona Lisa. Hashtag is she smiling? Hashtag speaking of smiling, I just saw my dentist. Hashtag bling. Hashtag dental care. Hashtag cavity free. Hashtag that's how we do. Hashtag we go hard. Hashtag and we can't stop. Hashtag we won't stop. Hashtag we run this. Hashtag true players for life. Hashtag is it worth it or let me work. Get. Hashtag put my thing down, flip it, then reverse it. Hashtag, Hashtag is your women in the gang yet? Hashtag is your women in the gang yet? Hey guys. Yeah, Quest? What's up? Hashtag shut the f up.